You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. So this morning as we sit in church today, we have a common purpose and that is one of exploring our faith. But for many of us, our search started with finding faith. So what does finding faith look like? And I think firstly, it looks like us searching. Many people around the whole world are searching for faith. And recently a study was done on what people searched for and what they found was that out of 263 countries around the world, 242 of those countries spent 76 million hours searching and reading the Bible. So not only are people searching for faith and searching for spirituality, they're also asking questions. Questions like, is there more to life than this? And for all of us, we know that life is busy. And every day we ask so many questions. Do I feel like porridge with fruit and yogurt or should I eat those pan fried sardines on toast with goat's cheese, avocado, fresh lemon because I know that it's good for my brain health. Questions like, what will the weather be like? Do I need a jacket today? We do today. The question, what's happening today? And for me, most mornings, what uniform does my child need? Is it sports today? Is it normal today? And a common question, I don't know if any other parent has this, a common question is, Mum, what is for dinner when I've only just cleaned up from breakfast? So for all of us, we know there are many moments during our week when we ask, how am I going to fit everything in? But then these are those, but then there are those that are more important questions like, why am I here? Where am I headed? In this next phase, in this next season of my life, what is my purpose? Is this it? Is there more to life than this? And these are life's big questions. But there needs to be more time to think them through properly. And we all in this room, we all have different perspectives on the meaning of life and faith. And the church, I believe, is a space to explore life's big questions openly and honestly. Church is a place where we can search and ask those crucial questions that come in our life. So the question for all of us is where do you go when you have life's big questions? Um, I go on Google. Google. I definitely Google. I go on Wikipedia. Internet. I uh, scroll through all the different answers and then I try and combine it and then make my own kind of cornerstone. Or smart friends. I don't ask big life questions. It's too hard to answer. Google or my grandmother. I meditate or I read. When I have a big life questions, I probably go to my family. I haven't really had any mess with what they say. So my mom or my dad, basically. My mom or my dad, maybe my grand. I get most of my answers from the library. 
in any section there because I don't really trust the people that I'm around. The key is always to yourself. You got to figure some things out for yourself. If I'm confused, I go to him first. And he confuses me more. But when it's something more personal, I try to find it within myself first. So many varied answers and what it shows though is that people are thinking, they are questioning faith and I imagine anyone coming to church for the first time, it not only reveals our curiosity about God, but the incredible courage it takes to walk into a new space and seek it out. And one thing that might be going through your mind is, am I the only one here who doesn't believe all this information? Who is not a Christian that doesn't usually go to church? Well, if that's you, it's okay. You're in a great place today because answering life's big questions is not based on whether or not you're a Christian or an individual who regularly attends church. This is the time. This is the moment to be in a space where you can discover and explore faith. Listening and discussing life and God with people you have never met, it might feel awkward and unfamiliar at times. But what you will find in this space is a community of people, a community of people where you can discuss those big questions and discover where it leads or what truth it leads you to. And for myself, I had grown up in church my whole life and I knew about God. And as a family, we went to church every single Sunday, rain, hail or shine. But the fact was for myself, I didn't know God personally. And as a 14 year old teenager, I distinctly remember saying to God, I will never raise my hands in worship to you just because somebody tells me to. I told him, God, I will never be a hypocrite to you. When I raise my hands, it's because I mean it. When I worship you, I, it will be because I believe you to be true in my life. So now from 14, I now find myself in a youth group as a 17 year old. I remember sitting up the back and holding myself back as I could feel God pulling me close to Him and me resisting. And looking back, I knew something was missing in my life. I had experienced many ways to see life and it's not that I didn't have fun because I did. But it always met me on a surface level of my life with little indication it was reaching anything deeper. And then my friend, this one night at youth, my friend Fiona invites me to the front to receive Jesus. And let me tell you, I was not interested. Trying to resist, her words started sweeping through the reservations of my mind and the hardness of my heart. No longer could I stay where I was standing as I could feel the overwhelming sense of God. And He was so close and He was so real in that moment that all I wanted to do was to respond to Him. This was no longer surface anymore. God was doing something on the inside of my heart that was so real and yet so deep. So I put a question to God, standing up that front with my friend Fiona. I put a question to God that I believed 
he could never answer. Is there more to life than this? I wanted to know if God was real. I wanted to know if He was the person that I had heard about for so long, that He was truth. Was this truth for my life? A question that I thought would be impossible for Him to answer, let alone do. But that night, I found there was more to life than what I'd ever experienced. At that moment, Jesus swept through the clutter of my whole heart. He had sought me time and time again, but now I had been found by Him. No longer was He words someone spoke of from a page. He was no longer information. God was real. And looking back, something was missing. I was longing for more. You know, the actor Jim Carrey once said these words, I wish everyone could get rich and famous and have everything they've ever dreamed of so that they would know that that's not the answer. You know, some people dream of having their name in lights of fame and fortune and of finding happiness through relationships, careers and money, whatever it may be for the individual. But do you ever get that persistent feeling that as good as those things are, that there must be more to this life. All too often, I know this to be true, all too often, life just doesn't turn out how you think it should. And even when it does, and we achieve our wildest dreams, somehow it never seems quite enough. It just doesn't fully satisfy. And you do wonder if something may be missing. The comedian, we all know him well, actor Russell Brand said these words, drugs and alcohol are not my problems. Reality is my problem. Drugs and alcohol are my solution to fill up a hole inside of me. But Jesus said these words, I am the bread of life. In other words, I am the one who fulfills the longing that is deep inside every single human heart. Jesus claimed to be the one person who could satisfy that spiritual hunger. Freddie Mercury, the lead singer of the rock group Queen, had amassed a huge fortune and attracted millions of fans. Still, he admitted in an interview shortly before his passing that he was desperately lonely. And he said this, you can have everything in the world and still be the loneliest man. And that's the most bitter type of loneliness. Success has brought me world idolization and millions of pounds, but it's prevented me from having the one thing we all need, a loving and ongoing relationship. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Ultimately, there is one relationship that is totally loving and goes on forever. And that is a relationship with God. And Jesus said, I am the way to that relationship. So my question for us this morning is what makes you happy? And this is a question that we will all reflect on in many times in our life. What makes you happy? Thank you.
that may be money. What makes me happy? Music. Music, ice cream and cheese. Sleep makes me happy. No, going to the gym, seeing my friends, going to the pub, playing football. Dogs. Alcohol. Uh, women. Pretty much. The idea of life in general makes me happy. Clothes. Uh, women. What's the last in this? That's a really good question. I don't know, I can't tell you. I think we're supposed to learn a couple of things. There's nothing more. I'm still figuring that out, to be honest. Uh, no. It's live in the moment. Absolutely. I strongly believe that there's more to life than this. No idea. Sorry. <laughs> My answer is definitely my dogs make me happy because they never talk back. Oh, ouch. A couple of weeks ago, <laughs> it's an ouch moment. A couple of weeks ago, I was out to dinner at a restaurant with my family. But as I came to read the menu, I suddenly realised I couldn't read the menu even if I squinted really hard. I had left my glasses at home. So I asked if I could borrow my sister's glasses and as soon as I put them on, I realised I could see everything clearly. Like the items of the menu, the people in front of me that I was talking to. And I was amazed, as we all are, how everything was so clear. I could see before, but now, I could really see. And to me, that is the best way to describe the difference that Jesus makes in our life. Jesus is the lens through which we see God. And He's also the lens through by which we see the world in a totally different way. Jesus said, I am the truth. And some people's response, I get this, as to a Christian might be, well, hey, that's really great for you. I'm so glad you found faith and you found meaning and purpose in your life, but it's just not for me. But when you think about it, that's not actually a logical position because if Christianity, if God was actually true, it is of vital importance to every single one of us. And if it's not true, it's not great for us because it means that we were deluded. C.S. Lewis was one of the great intellectual giants of the 20th century, probably best known as the author of the Chronicles of Narnia. And he said these words, Christianity if false, is of no importance. And if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. If Christianity is true, it is of infinite importance. Potent words from C.S. Lewis. You know, looking for evidence is a part of critical thinking. And we can do this by looking at the original documents and sources. And for so many people, they never really look at the evidence. But when you do, you will be astonished at how much evidence there is for the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And by reading these documents that we find in the New Testament of the Bible, I too came to the conclusion that Jesus was real and the Bible is true. You know, Lord Denning is a judge and Lord Denning with an absolute brilliant mind and who have marked perhaps one of the greatest judges of the 20th century. 
He said on one occasion, his Bible was the most tattered book in his library. And he examined the evidence really carefully and he came to the conclusion it was true. One former professor at history at Oxford University described the resurrection as the best attested fact in history. And for myself, I hadn't realised how many of the pioneers of modern science were actually believers. Newton, Descartes, Kepler, Galileo, Locke, Copernicus, Faraday, Kelvin and Pasteur. For me, I thought Faraday, Calvin, Newton and Kepler was just my school sporting houses groups. But these men, these scientists were so much more scientists and believers in the truth of Jesus Christ. Another scientist is Francis Collins. Francis Collins is the director of the Human Genome Project. And Francis Collins, one of the most outstanding scientists of our time, was the director of the Human Genome Project, mapping the three billion letters in the human DNA, considered by many to be the most significant undertaking of our time. And he describes how he encountered Jesus and came to believe in the truth of Christianity. Well, in the home where I grew up, uh, faith was not something that was talked about very much. Uh, my father was a professor of drama, my mother a playwright. Uh, when I went to college and those discussions in the dorm late at night about religion uh, began to occur, I had no particular reason to attach value uh, to a faith system. It had never been something I was familiar with or had internalized at all. And I assumed that any religious feelings that anyone held must be on the basis of some emotional experience, and I didn't trust those, or on the basis of some childhood indoctrination, uh, which I felt I was fortunate to have missed. I loved the experience of learning about the human body and all of the components of that, and I particularly loved being introduced to genetics. But then I ended up in the medical school curriculum sitting at the bedside of patients with diseases. This was no longer an abstract study of molecules and organ systems. These were real people. And one afternoon, one of my patients, a wonderful elderly woman, much like a grandmother uh, who had very bad heart disease. Uh, she had a particularly bad episode of chest pain uh, while I was with her. She got through it and at the end of that, explained to me how her faith was the thing that helped her in that situation. She realized that the doctors around her weren't really giving her that much help, but her faith was. And after she finished her own very personal description of that faith, she turned to me, and I had been silent, and she looked at me quizzically and she said, what do you believe, doctor? And ultimately I had to admit to myself that her question had made me realize that I had arrived at an answer to the most important issue that we humans ever deal with. Is there a God? And I had arrived there without ever really looking at the evidence. And I was supposed to be a scientist. If there's one thing scientists claim they do is to arrive at conclusions based upon evidence. And I hadn't taken the trouble to do that. I was greatly assisted uh, by a pastor who lived down the road who I went and asked about all this and who gave me a copy of C.S. Lewis's wonderful book, Mere Christianity. 
because here was an Oxford scholar, a prodigiously developed intellect, who had traveled the same path. Within those pages, I realized for the first time that one can come to belief on a rational basis, and that in fact, given the many pointers that one sees around oneself in terms of the universe and it having a beginning, and it's fine-tuning in terms of the way in which all those constants that determine the behavior of matter and energy seem to have been set just in a certain very precise range to make life possible. Uh, and many other things, including my beloved mathematics and why they actually work anyway to describe the universe, something that makes you think the Creator must have been a mathematician. That brought me then to the person of Jesus Christ as a person who was historically extremely well documented. That was news to me. I thought Christ was as much myth as history, and I realized after reading more about it, this was a historical figure upon which we have a great deal of evidence for his existence and his teachings, and even his rising from the dead in a literal way. That day at uh, my patient's bedside started a journey for me. A journey that I was reluctant uh, to begin, but I felt I needed to. A journey that I thought would result in strengthening my atheism, but to my surprise, resulted in my conversion. It's just incredible how God will encounter our lives. And I think the question as we sit in this space today, could God be encountering you? You know, there's a difference between knowing facts about someone and really knowing them personally. And so for myself, I've known my husband, Lee, for 23 years now. But suppose before we met, I found him on a website, that is so awkward, called The Amazing Man. And now there's no doubt I would have looked at him and thought, okay, I'm intrigued. But what if each page was dedicated to his amazing abilities, that he was a keen traveller? I saw that he had this ability to have fun and explore new game worlds like Nintendo in Japan. And he had this adventure and thirst for life. Well, I would think, wow, he does sound like the amazing person. But that's head knowledge. I also have the privilege of being married to him for the last 23 years. And I know that he is an amazing person, which is knowledge that comes from the experience of an ongoing relationship. And that becomes heart knowledge. When Jesus said, I am the truth, He was talking about more than just of this kind of intellectual truth. The Hebrew understanding of truth was that truth was to be experienced. And there is a big difference between a kind of intellectual knowledge and a personal knowledge between your head and your heart. So when someone says, I know Jesus is the truth, they're not just talking about being convinced of the evidence. They're also talking about experiencing a relationship with the risen Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the way, the truth. And lastly, He said to us, I am the life. I have come to you that you may have life and life to the full. Jesus came to deal with the things in our lives that stop us from enjoying life to the full, the things that can spoil our lives at times. Life in all its fullness. 
you know, at the start of this year, my family and I went back to Adelaide where that's where we have grown up and we lived there for a long period of our lives, but we got to go back and my in-laws own a beach house. So it's just a special time when we got to go back. And this year in Adelaide, I went out to lunch with my friends and we got so carried away, you can't imagine that, with our conversations that we walked out of the cafe and totally forgot to pay for lunch. And so then after some time, we were at the petrol station and all of a sudden, not me, my friend said to us, oh my goodness, we've forgotten to pay for our lunch. And so horrified, mildly surprised, we went back to pay for our lunch at this cafe. And I felt so guilty But that was like false guilt. I also sometimes experience true feelings of guilt because I do do things that are not right or that are not good. But this is the wonderful news is that God loves you and He loves me. God came in the person of Jesus Christ to die for you and me. And on that cross, He took all of your guilt. He took all of my guilt, everything you've ever done wrong, everything I've ever done wrong, said or thought. He died in our place in order that we could be free and forgiven. And forgiveness, C.S. Lewis said, is like a recording of our life, wiped completely clean. And we receive that forgiveness. We find life in all of its fullness. And that's what Jesus wants for you and for me. Life in all its fullness. Life at its very, very best. And for Bear Grylls, the British adventurer, God has become his life and His truth. I think for so many years, you know, I always just strived to be strong in myself. And it was as if that all I needed was me and my buddies and, you know, we'd be like invincible. But the truth is, none of us are. And I don't want to do this thing called life. I don't want to do it on my own. And it kind of feels like my longing for this, this light inside is now stronger than my fear of what others might think. And people often ask, well, doesn't that make uh, faith like a crutch? And, you know, well, maybe, but, you know, what does a crutch do? Uh, A crutch helps you stand and it makes you stronger. And in that case, you know, sure, I need a bit of that. But especially when it's so much more than that, when this faith inside is also also like a backbone, uh, helping me stand tall, and help me be strong when I'm really up against it, facing those odds, whether it's on a mountain or stuck in some jungle, or just dealing with the storms, you know, with the storms of life. Uh, sure, I need it, I, you know, I, I need that. Uh, but at heart, my Christian faith says that I am, that I'm known, that I'm known to Christ. Uh, bought at a price, uh, blessed with light. Uh, faith says that we're loved, regardless of our mess, uh, regardless of how many times we fall down and that Jesus somehow picks me up. And sure, you know, I'll reach out to that. Why, why wouldn't I? You know, I love the words that Bear Grill said. For so many years, I strived to be strong in myself. But I don't want to do this thing called life on my own. And for myself, I used to think that Christianity was boring, untrue and irrelevant. But when I read about Jesus, when I experienced Him personally, I realised He was anything but. 
He is the way. Jesus said He is the way to God. And He is the one who brings meaning and purpose to your life. Jesus said He is the truth. He is the life. He said He is the life and true fulfilment is found in a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. And in this space, you can search for God. You can contemplate what it is that you think. You can challenge everything. No question is too complex or too simple and your point of view is as important as anyone else. So from here, I invite you on a journey to explore the questions of life, to explore what is faith and meaning. And can I encourage you to ask God those big questions that have been on your heart and your mind. So I wanna welcome you to church when you can sit in a space and you can find faith, to take these moments to pause, to be able to think about who God is. And if I position myself to question, can I search in finding faith? You know, the most important commodity for all of our lives is to give God time. And from my experience, God has always answered. God has revealed Himself not only to me, but to countless individuals. And God will encounter you as He has encountered so many of us here. And what I know to be true, finding faith has been the greatest and the most valuable gift that Jesus has ever given to me and my family. And the question for all of us is, is what will we do with the time that we have been given in our lives? Will you give God time to search for faith? Think of it this way. If you live to be 70, you're going to spend 20 years and three months asleep, 10 years and five months watching TV, five years and nine months in some form of transportation, seven years and six months eating and drinking, So for all of us today, whether on your journey of faith or still searching, I want to encourage you with this. There is more to discover and be known in God. There is more of His heart. There is more of His life and the character He wants to reveal to who He is and the reality He wants to bring for truth in your life. Psalm 23.6 has this incredible Scripture and it says this, Surely your goodness, God, and your love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The life of Jesus Christ It's not just to be heard, it is to be experienced. And if your journey is one of searching and discovering what it means to find faith, you can do that in this space. I encourage you to search and ask God the questions that are on your heart. Have conversations around faith and discover all who Jesus is and can be in your life. So why not give yourself room by coming to church, asking those crucial questions. Is there more to life than what I've known or experienced? Because I know that He is a God who hears you and He will answer you. 
Will you allow yourself to come on a journey to finding faith? Discover who God is. And for myself, not only has discovering God, but it's been knowing God that has transformed my life. He has healed my life. He has restored my heart in so many ways that have been so personal, but have been the most precious and valuable moments that have changed me and my course forever. His love is conditional. His love is unending and unfailing. And He is my God. He is real and I will follow Him all the days of my life. So can we pray this morning? Father, we just pray. We come before You right now. Paul the Apostle in the Bible said these words, I want to know Christ. I really want to know who Jesus is. Is He really the way, the truth and the life? Paul had so much religious education, but what was missing was the reality of Jesus Christ. He didn't know who He was. He knew of Him, but He didn't know Him personally. So He said these words to you, Jesus, I want to know Christ. I want to experience the mighty power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Who is that God that can raise the dead to life? Who is that God that can reveal His nature and His goodness and His truth to me? Because it can't be just God, pie in the sky, intangible. It has to be made real. The intangible has to become tangible. And so I pray for every single one of us here, whether we have found faith, there is more to discover. Whether we are searching for faith, God, I pray, You are the only one who is truth that can reveal Yourself to us. And that is Your plan. That is Your purpose. That is Your unfailing love towards us that You wanna reveal Your character to us because You are light and You are love. And it is Your journey to come to this earth to meet us where we're at. And so Father, I pray, whether we have found faith, whether we are searching for faith, whether we just came here today, not really thinking anything in our minds, God, Would you be God and reveal Yourself to us? Because let me tell you, God, You are either real or You are not. You are either intangible or You make Yourself tangible. And I know this to be true. You have become real to my life. You have become real in my heart. And I know without a shadow of doubt that You will make Yourself known to us. In Jesus' Name we pray. Amen. You know, today, I want to give you the opportunity for anybody who is here this morning. And you would say, you know, I don't have that personal relationship with God that you're talking about. I don't really understand how the intangible can become so real Well, I wanna give you an opportunity to start that journey with Jesus Christ today. You know, the Bible says God's love is unending, everlasting, unfailing, unconditional. His grace and His mercy 
is unmerited, yet He gave it to you and to I to experience. Even when we were far from God, when we didn't know Him yet, He had you in His mind. And so He sent His Son, Jesus, to earth to meet you, to meet me, where Jesus performed signs, wonders and miracles. He did what we couldn't do as humanity. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross in our place and He rose victorious over death on the third day. You see, what Jesus did is He created a pathway for us to receive that unmerited forgiveness from God so that we could experience His unending grace, so that we could enter in to a relationship with God. And that's how much He loves you. That's how much God loves us. And can I encourage you this morning, God has a plan for your life. God has a mapped out purpose for your life that will bring abundant living to you. Plans that are good. And for myself and others in the room, God has proven Himself time and time again to be so faithful to me throughout my whole life. And He desires to do the same for you. And this can be the start of your journey in not only searching for faith, but finding faith in God. And for all of us here this morning, it's as simple as praying a prayer to invite Jesus into your life. Saying that Jesus, You lived, You died on the cross and You made a way for me to be able to have relationship with a loving God. Romans 10.13 says this, Everyone, Every single person at any time in their life who calls upon the Name of the Lord, the Bible says you will be saved. You will be saved if you call upon the Name of the Lord. This opportunity is for every single person in this place today. So we're going to join together as a church and pray this prayer together. And if you would like to be included in this prayer, you can pray this along with us. And all you need to do is pray this prayer and believe in your heart. And for anyone today saying this for the first time, I've got to let you know that God hears your prayers. God hears your questions. God hears you. And 1 John says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. This is the confidence and assurance we have if we call on the Name of the Lord, that if we ask anything according to His will, the Bible says He will hear you. So this morning, can I ask you if you're comfortable to bow your head and close your eyes. And as a church together, we're going to pray. And I want you to say these words. If you want to have the opportunity to be invited to say this prayer, this prayer that will help you to explore your faith, to find if God is actually real. Can we pray this together? And as a church, we're going to pray this out loud. Can you say after me, Dear Jesus, thank You for sending Your Son, Jesus, to make a way for me to be in a relationship with You. I declare today, Jesus, You are Lord. We believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead. 
And today, I choose to follow you. Amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.